Welcome back to another episode of the Basketball Insider edition of the No Further Comments podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham. It's October 22nd, and this is the 21st episode. Man, we are knocking these out. All right, episode 21 is presented by West Coast Vintage Apparel. If you want to check out the apparel, go to www.westcoastvintageapparel.com. On Instagram, it's West Coast Vintage Apparel. On Twitter, it is at WCV underscore apparel. On Facebook, it's West Coast Vintage Apparel. If you want to hit up the show on social media, No Further Comments Podcast, you could go to Twitter, at NFC Podcast. We're on IG, at NFC Podcast. And we're on Facebook, No Further Comments. Now, if you agree, disagree with me, you know, I get people throwing all kind of shots at me and shade on me on Twitter and IG. You can hit me up on Twitter. It's at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham is spelled M-E-A-C-H. AM. I'm on Instagram, same thing, at Alex underscore Meacham. I'm on Facebook, it's just Alex Meacham. For the young folks, I'm on Snapchat, at BigMeach41. We're coming to you live from the ACTV studios in Anderson Township, Cincinnati, Ohio. The next No Further Comments podcast will be out October 29th. Now, our, our big pop culture podcast, just the normal NFC podcast, not only features me, but we also have my good friend Glenn Riley and our super producer, Mario DeRamis. That podcast is recorded at the iHeart Studios in Kenwood, Cincinnati, Ohio. All right, let's not beat around the bush. You know why I'm here. I'm here to talk about Spitgate. And anyone that's in sports, I don't care if you like the NBA, dislike the NBA, everyone heard about Spitgate for a couple different reasons. And and the crazy thing is the World Series was going on pretty much at the same time. Or not, I'm sorry, not the World Series, but the the games leading up to the World Series, the NLCS and um, the ALCS, I believe, was over. Uh, It was Milwaukee and the Dodgers were, were playing. But it, it was such a big, this game was a big deal. You've got the Lakers versus the Rockets, and it was a big deal because it was the first official home game in L.A. for LeBron James. And he's going against the, the Rockets, who are arguably second-best team in the NBA, second-best team in the Western Conference. Uh, you know, they've got superstars in James Harden, Chris Paul, uh, I'm doing air quotes for, for Melo because I don't, I don't know if Melo's a superstar anymore. Uh, P.J. Tucker, uh, who has the greatest shoe game in the NBA going right now. And actually, I'm going to talk about shoe game at the end of this podcast. I'm going to do a quick shoe review. But th- this game was a big deal in the sports world just because the greatest player in our game right now, LeBron James, is playing his first home game. So let's let's basically let, let's get to the, the 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 part that everyone was talking about. It was the four, fourth quarter. Four minutes and thirteen seconds left. It's one hundred nine to one hundred eight. Houston is up by one point. James Harden is coming down the court, driving right down the center of the lane, and Ingram's in front of him. He makes a move. 
he hits Ingram, and Ingram kind of falls back and, and goes against the backstop, and they call foul on Ingram. And you can tell Ingram's definitely frustrated. And, and it seems to be that prior to that, that foul, there had been some frustration brewing. I think the, the Rockets were, were picking on Ingram a little bit defensively. There might have been some calls against Ingram that he didn't like. Well, and Ingram is kind of is known as a very passive, soft player. So I think, you know, all you put all that and you mix it together, and here you have a frustrated Ingram. And so as as Harden is fouled, he's he's going to the referee because he wants an and one, and the referee's not giving them an and one. The Rockets an and one, and as he's walking to go to the referee. Ingram is now walking to complain to the referee. Harden passes Ingram. Ingram, out of frustration, pushes Harden. I don't think that Ingram necessarily had a beef with Harden. It was just Harden was right there. There was a lot of frustration built up. He pushes him. Harden's like, what, what's going on? Referee comes in. <whistles> technical on Ingram. All right, now, this is, this is kind of where things get a little bit crazy. Well, Ingram starts yelling at the referee. He's kind of in the referee's face. And Lance Stevenson comes running over. Of course, Lance Stevenson playing the peacemaker. Lance Stevenson runs over, grabs Ingram, pulls him away. And as he's pulling him away, he's kind of pushing him to half court. You still have Chris Paul talking to the referees about the and one. And as Chris Paul is talking to the referee out of, I guess, the right side of, of the court, Rondo comes over and he steps to Chris Paul. He gets in Chris Paul's face. Now, if you watch the video again, if you go to YouTube, you can see a video of a different angle. When Rondo approaches Chris Paul, and who knows what he said to Chris Paul, Chris Paul folds his arms. And as he folds his arms at Rondo, He's basically saying, what are you going to do about it? And now these two guys are, are face to face. Now, if you're watching the game live, the, the, the crazy part about it is the, the camera had shifted to half court to see Ingram and Lance is holding Ingram back. And I believe uh, Lonzo Ball kind of went to half court and he was talking to Ingram. And they, they pretty much calmed that situation. I believe P.J. Tucker was a little bit towards the right. And the camera's focusing in on them. The announcers are talking about Ingram. And all of a sudden, you hear the whistle blow. And then everybody shifts that way. Because what, what we didn't know at the time, and what we know now, is that Rondo spit in Chris Paul's face. All right, we're we're going we're gonna to break that piece down. But before that, after he spits in Chris Paul's face, Chris Paul takes his finger puts it in Rondo's face, and pokes at him and pushes his head. Okay, now let's, let's take it back a little bit. Rondo, I believe Rondo came into the NBA in 2006. Um, I believe he, I forget who originally drafted him, but obviously he ended up with the Celtics. Um, but Rondo is a veteran. He's been in the league for a long time. He's a leader of this Lakers team. Obviously, LeBron James is the face of the Lakers team. He also is a leader, but Rondo is definitely a leader of this ball club. And for him, a, a veteran 
since two since playing in the NBA since 2006 for him to spit in another player's face is to to me is unbelievable. And when you watch when you if you're watching the game live and you see Chris Paul do what he does, it's like, okay, Chris, you shouldn't have done that. But when you go back and they slow down the video, they get a close-up, you can see Rondo spitting in his face. And there are a lot of people that say, well, Rondo's lucky that Chris Paul didn't punch him in the face and knock him out. And I think a lot of people in that situation, if somebody spits in your face, the reaction is probably to swing on them or, or do something more than a poke to the face. But I think there are a couple things at play here. Chris Paul, very, very smart guy. He knows his role within the NBA, and he is right now currently the president of the NBA Players Association. So there's a lot of things that come with that. So I think in the moment, Chris Paul knew, okay, my role is I'm president. I'm, I'm one of the faces of the NBA. So it kind of looks bad for me to punch Rondo, probably as much as he wanted to punch Rondo because the man spit in his face. So there lie, you have the finger push to the face, and then Rondo comes across with the left hook. Now let's rewind it even further back. Going back years, Rondo and Chris Paul have had an issue for a long time. And if you watched after the game, Chris, when Chris Paul and Rondo had their altercation, Paul Pierce, former teammate of, of Rondo, he said he was actually surprised that the fight happened at this point and not years prior because they've had such an issue. So, so Chris Paul and Rondo's beef has, has been going on for a long time. So when Rondo stepped to Chris Paul at this stage of the game, it, it was pretty much, and then spits in his face, he, he's like, it's on. He wanted, as they say now, he wanted that smoke. So Rondo throws the left hook. He connects. He hits CP3. At this point, CP3, a little bit in shock, kind of backs up. Rondo tries to throw another one. Chris Paul throws an uppercut that lands. Some punches are thrown. And then, as this kind of goes on quickly, remember I said Ingram had gone to half court. So Ingram now comes flying in to protect his teammate in Rondo. And, and you know, Ingram has the go-go gadget arms. He, he throws a punch pretty much from the three-point line and lands it all the way down past the free throw line. And, and, and the punch kind of lands in between Chris Paul and P.J. Tucker. It's, it's a pretty hard punch, but it, it doesn't really connect. I might have hit somebody's shoulder. I'm not sure I have to look at the angle on the video again. But so Ingram, as you can tell, Ingram is so frustrated. I think as long as I've been watching Brandon Ingram play back to the time with Duke till now, I've never seen him lose his cool like that. He, he could have. I've just never seen him lose it to this point. Obviously, he's never punched anybody in a game. Otherwise, we would have heard about that. But there, there, there's a lot of frustration. I don't know if Ingram's frustration had been building just in practices, have people been calling him soft? Something's going on with him to cause him to react like that. So we've got all that. Now, and from my perspective, Rondo is 100% wrong in this case. And hear me out. He stepped to Chris Paul. First and foremost, when he stepped to him, 
He wanted a piece of him. Something was going to go down. Secondly, you spit in a man's face. Then you swing on him. So I blame Rondo for all those things that occurred. Okay, now let's get to the whole fight's gone down. Now, now we need to unpack the breaking up of the fight. Now, this caused a whole new controversy. LeBron James, so the positioning of things, when the punches are thrown, LeBron James is actually closer to Chris Paul. So when the punches are thrown, he grabs Chris Paul, who happens to be one of his best friends. He grabs him, kind of pushes him away. And keep in mind, Chris Paul is the president of the NBA Players Association, LeBron James, vice president. They're already good friends. They go on vacations together. They live near, near each other in L.A. So they, they, have a, they have a great bond. So naturally, LeBron James goes to Chris Paul. Now, I don't know what was said, but here's me assuming. LeBron James is telling Chris Paul, calm down, man, listen. I, I, I don't know what he did, but you've got to calm down. You have a lot more at stake. Relax. And, and he got Chris Paul to calm down. Chris Paul obviously is very upset. And people that were sitting around the court side and, and different announcers were saying that Chris Paul was yelling, he spit on me, he spit in my face. So now this is getting out. The announcers are saying it. LeBron James is still trying to calm him down. Now here's what happened that a lot of people had an issue with. As, as LeBron James calms down Chris Paul, he puts his arm around Chris Paul and he kind of walks him all the way around the court, all the way to the bench. And during this time, Rondo is, is still there kind of in the circle. And eventually, uh, you know, Rondo gets kicked out of the game. He, he walks to the, to the tunnel and he goes to the locker room. And during that time, LeBron James is still with Chris Paul. So a lot of people had issues with that. They said, you know, I don't care if Chris Paul is your friend, Rondo's your teammate. And when you're between those lines and you're going to war, you side with your teammate. All right, listen, I get that, but I disagree with that in this situation because I think there are a lot of things at play. First of all, LeBron James is standing next to Chris Paul. All right, so you've got that one piece. Secondly, they're best friends. Naturally, I don't care what situation you're in, if your best friend gets punched or is in a fight, you're going to go to your best friend. I get it. Thirdly, they do a lot of business together. Vice president, president of the NBA Players Association. There's that in place. So you've got all these three things going on at the same time. Then you have basically LeBron's kind of brotherly, you know, love. He's, he's trying to get him away from it. He's known Rondo as a teammate for a very short period. So people are like, oh, he should be going to Rondo. He should be talking to him, calming him down. And I, I, I kind of understand that. I, I get that. When you're between the lines, there are no friends. You know, it's all about your teammates. I get that. But this wasn't between the lines. This was outside of the lines because Rondo took it to another level. Now, the question is, did LeBron see Rondo actually spit on him? That's the question I want to know, because if he did see him spit on it, I totally 100% get, get him going to Chris like, look, I saw him spit on you, dude. Like, just, just chill, just relax. And if I'm LeBron, I have an issue with Rondo, a veteran, a leader of the team, spitting on another player. 
and another player who is one of the best players of another team, regardless of who it is, you shouldn't spit on anybody, but you know, these are two veterans that are going at it. So um, I, I, if I'm LeBron as a leader, I have an issue with that. Now, what does this do to the Lakers locker room? LeBron and Rondo are going to have to work some things out. Flip side, let's look at the Rockets. James Harden stood at the free throw line and he didn't move during the entire fight. He stood there and watched everything go down. If I go back and watch that video and I'm Chris Paul, I approach Harden. I'm like, what's up? Where were you? The, he, nowhere to be found, just standing there. And some might say, oh, well, he didn't want to get suspended for games. He didn't want to get fined. I, I get all that. But at least go and try to solve things. Matter of fact, you're one of the reasons that all this went down, and you're the one standing at the free throw line away from everything, I'd have an issue with that. So the Rockets have some things they need to figure out within their locker room. Now, there were some other things going on while this is going on. Apparently, someone within Rondo's camp approached Chris Paul's wife in the crowd. Now, I don't know who it was in Rondo's camp. I don't know if it was one of Rondo's his, his friends, his, his girlfriend, his wife. I'm not sure who it was approached uh, Chris Paul's wife. And obviously, that's a whole that's a whole nother issue that's going on right there. And, and in the crowd, later on, we find out that uh, famous rock band Red Hot Chili Peppers, their front man, he got into it, and he's flipping off Chris Paul. He gets kicked out of the game, and he's yelling at people. It was just complete chaos. But I'm here to tell you, all this leads to the December 13th Rockets versus Lakers game. That's the next time they play. And I'm going to tell you right now, the ratings for that game are going to be insane. Now, between today and December 13th, I don't know what's going to transpire between solving these issues. I don't, I don't know if Rondo and Chris Paul are going to have a conversation, if, if someone's going to try to mediate that, if the NBA is going to try to make that happen. But if that doesn't happen, and these two teams face each other it is going to be an all-out war and I guarantee you a lot of folks are going to be watching that like Super Bowl type ratings okay maybe not Super Bowl ratings but it's going to be big time ratings all right so I gave you some of my thoughts here now and these are just my opinions and my opinions are it's twofold I'm giving you a, an opinion from someone that's watching from the outside as a fan, as a casual fan. I'm also giving you perspective of someone that played on very good teams at the Division I level and knowing things that go on in the locker room. I mean, I played with three guys that went to the NBA. Our team was really good, number one in the country. Um, and and we, had, we had issues we had to resolve in the, in the locker room. So a lot of perspective I'm giving you is a mixture of being a casual fan and also someone that's competed on a very, very good team and been in um, heated situations like this before. But listen, this is just one person's opinion. And sometimes I need someone to come help make sense of all this. Because I could be totally wrong. And this is where 
we need to bring in someone that played in the NBA. All right, I'd like to bring in former Withrow High School great, former Ohio University great, drafted by the Boston Celtics in 2003, and enjoyed a 10-year professional career, current president of KMG Basketball Group and KMG Sports Management. He is our NBA insider. I like that title, our NBA insider, Brandon Hunter. What's going on, B? Not much. What's going on with you, man? Good. You like that title I gave you for our podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's great. Thanks okay. for having me on. Uh, I love this stuff. I love it. I know you do. But, hey, <laughs> we've got a lot to unpack from the Rockets versus Lakers game, and you know what we need to talk about. You know why we're here. I know why we're here, <laughs> and I know why we need to talk. <laughs> so, now, now, you played for the Celtics before Rondo got there, correct? Before he got correct. to the Celtics. Okay. How well do you know Rondo? Um, I don't know him well. I mean, obviously, I've hung around him and been to some places with him, but I don't know him well. Okay. So yeah, just just some seeing him play, you know, that kind of thing, and just being a former player. But I don't know him like I know some of his teammates. Okay, gotcha. So when you first saw the fight, what was what was your initial thoughts? When I first saw the fight, my initial thought. Um, my initial thought was, okay, we're setting a tone. I thought they were setting a tone for what it's going to be like every time they match up. That's what I think I thought first, initially. Like, oh, you know, not even the fight, the push by Dubs, pitch by Ingram to Harden was nope. my first thing to say, oh, okay, we're setting a tone. And then when I seen the exchange, because you couldn't see it initially on the game until they put the TV, the camera over, because they were showing them pushing Ingram away, Lance Stevenson, and then the live camera went to the actual crowd, which you actually didn't see it until they replayed it, and then I thought, oh, maybe this was a memo that we're going to set a tone. When, when Ingram pushed Harden, it was just kind of out of, it was out of the blue. Now, I was watching the game, but I was kind of a little bit in and out. I was, I, honestly, I was watching the World Series as well, so I was kind of back and forth on it. But Ingram just kind of pushed him out of the blue. You think it was just frustration, or was there something building between him and Harden the entire game? Um, I think it could be a lot of things. Um, he's known as a player that's not overly aggressive, that's soft. Um, I don't think he's really as soft as people like to say he is, and I, I kind of think it was definitely some frustration, but I think there was a combination of things in there, and it was just his a reaction to the play because what Harden did um, was kind of stepped in front of him as he was walking back. Now, he wouldn't have pushed him if Harden had not walked forward, but just had held his arms up and said something to the referee, he wouldn't have pushed him. But since he was walking, Harden stepped in front of him, He's shoving, which is kind of like, you're in my space. I'm kind of frustrated as well. You elbowed me and pushed me. So it's a combination of things. Gotcha. All right, now let's, let's, let's get to the, the actual fight. So when it initially happened, Chris Paul was saying, and you, you could, people that were courtside uh, announcers were saying, Chris Paul was telling everyone Rondo spit on him. When you first saw the video on, on TV, you couldn't tell. It didn't look like he did anything. And then there was a report that uh, Mello was right next to Chris Paul, and Mello was saying something, and it could have been Mello spit. Then when everything came out yesterday and they, they zoomed in on it, 
Rondo did spit on him. So the whole narrative of the whole thing changed. It went from Chris Paul should have never put his hand in his face, and then everyone's like, he's lucky he didn't get knocked out. So. <laughs> That's not, I mean, was that like a rhetorical? Is that a statement? I mean, where are we at? <laughs> well, <laughs> I was lobbing it out there for you because I a couple things. And yeah, no, I know, I know what you're doing. I mean, this, let's be clear before we even get into any other part of this. Before we go into the the the, the meal, before we have dessert, before we do anything, let's get it done at the drinks. Is that spitting on someone is never okay, and it's obviously a very rude thing to do, and it and it's derogatory, and it, it it's it's there's no excuse for it, uh, especially when it's intentional. You know, we can all get into the fact of oh, I got a mouthpiece or whatever, or you know, I'm, I'm wearing you know guards for my teeth to straighten or whatever you want to put. Right. But it's never okay to spit on somebody. Right. Agreed. But. but Two, we all know, okay, so having said that and put that out there, we all know that there's also things that are done and no one ever sees the first blow. We always see the second. Mm -hmm. So, to me, Rondo, him and Chris Paul have history. I mean, now everybody's finding that out. I've I've been known that because obviously I watch the game, but not only, unlike even some of my peers, I watch everything and I watch everything in detail. I'm I'm just a detail-oriented kind of person. Mm -hmm. And... I know they've had history way back to New Orleans, and they ran some of it, I heard. I haven't seen it yet, but they were talking about some stuff on Twitter. Paul Pierce, even Paul, okay, so Paul Pierce said, I'm surprised they haven't fought before now. Right, I, I so heard that. Yeah, yeah, because it's known that they haven't liked each other since day one, you know, even back from the days of David West playing in New Orleans, you know, me playing for Orlando, you knew that. So, so okay, we know that. Now, the other part is... Uh, uh, is is you know Kevin Garnett made a comment about Carmelo's wife in a game. Um, guys make comments all the time. Spitting is obviously a, obviously a, a, a physical assault. But I, I I also took it as you know him trying to gain an edge. Uh, was it okay the way he goes about it? No, of course not. But you know there's some things that are are put out there to push buttons and, you know, trying to figure Chris Paul is usually a pretty level-headed guy. And I guess Rondo figured that's what, what, what we kind of get to him, which I think we kind of get to anyone. Yeah, because provoke him. Provoke if, you, him is, if you go back you know, and watch it, Chris Paul approaches the referee. Rondo steps to Chris Paul. That's the first piece. Before the whole spitting thing, uh, eventually yep. the video came out, I was telling everyone, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Rondo stepped to him. So from that point, he wanted that smoke. Like That's why he folded his that's why Chris Paul folded his arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. He did. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was his reaction to the step in. Yeah, I remember I said, yeah. I Absol- remember that part. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then the whole spitting. I, I I think that Rondo was like, It's time now. We we, we need to we need to we need to do this. We we need to smoke right now. And yeah. Yeah, and I think he started to cut you off. I really think he felt that way because he knows that they're under they're, they're undermanned. 
he know pound for pound, man for man, they cannot match up with the Houston Rockets. Mm -hmm. But we all know where you can match up if I can get in between your ears. Right. Now we're playing chess, not checkers. Right, right. And do you think that, and so Rondo spits on him, Chris Paul, you can see him react, wiping his face, and then Chris Paul takes his finger and, and you know, pokes him wherever. I don't know if it's particularly the eye, but in the eye area. Um, do you think that Chris Paul didn't punch him because of who Chris Paul is, the, you know, with the NBA Players Association, him being the president? Do you think all those things ran through his mind? Like, look, I, I, yes. can't, I can't be the guy that does that right now. He's yes. got to throw the first punch. Okay, so you do. Yes, he's a class act. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. And he's the head of our uh, uh, players. Did you say that? Players Association? Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. He's the president. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's the president. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, okay, this is the, the other piece, and I know you and I are going to have some disagreements on this. And I'm fine because I've been a disagreement with you ever since I've met you. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> that's and so that's true. That is so true. That's why I'm here. We so we, yeah, yeah. Even the day one that you knew that I didn't remember. So that's what I'm here for. That's right. Okay. The fight goes down. Punches are thrown. Things are being separated. And you, you can say that the positioning of the fight where LeBron was, he was closer to Chris Paul when it all kind of shook down. So he naturally grabs Chris Paul. I think not only the fact that he was in close proximity, but also that's his homie, that's his boy. So he grabs Chris Paul. He tries to calm Chris Paul down. He walks away with him with his arm around him. A lot of people had problems with that. I think you're going to have a problem with that. But I interpreted it a different way. So give me your thoughts on that when you saw that. Well, I only have a problem with it as a teammate. I don't have a problem with it as a spectator. And, and as I said by stating about the spitting thing before, because sometimes when you go into debates, people forget where your stance was on one thing, and you know we, we get to searching and throwing things out there. Let's go definitely on record to say that. You know, I know LeBron James. I know what kind of person he is. I spent time with him, basketball personally. But we know each other on a, you know, on a level of, of, of a little bit more than others. And I don't know Rondo. Um, I don't know Chris Paul well. I know Carmelo. Both of those guys are in my draft, so I, I spent some time with them. Mm -hmm. But but I'm saying that to say that as a teammate, um, I I can't trust you because now. Well, you know, in Portland, Kuzma fell on the ground, and LeBron said, wait for your brothers to come pick you up. You stay down. We're going to come pick you up. He did. Okay? Okay. And then he brought everybody in to make a, a not just an announcement to Kuzma, but he made a collective, not just from individual to individual. Okay, now we're, we're a team. I mean, all right, all right, we're building, you know, because we're going to need building with these young guys and with guys that don't know how to win and all these different things that go into playing for the Lakers and just a part of playing with LeBron. But, but my, my, my whole thing was when the fight broke out, you can move Chris Paul to the side. You can hold him with your forearm. You can push him a little way. But as a teammate, as a teammate, uh, and, and P.J. Tucker stepped over there. He's in a Rockets uniform. Um, Carmelo Anthony and somebody else, I don't know who it was, was holding Ingram back. That's Rockets, Lakers. They're, but if I'm LeBron and, and I'm running that team, it's kind of hard 
I mean, not LeBron, excuse me. If I'm a teammate of LeBron's, I have a hard time trusting that what's truly important for you. I have a hard time knowing that depending on if I, so now if I go to Miami and Dwayne Wade is cooking and I clothesline him going to the basket like a, a, a 1990s foul when you had Barkley and, and the <laughs> right. Lajuans and the McHales, right? and I knock him on his ass and, excuse my language, and I knock him off and he's going to fall over and, you know, whip his back or something and fall down. I don't, you know, if he jumps up or, you know, whoever their goon is on our team, Udonis Haslam is still on the team. He might not be on the floor, but if he is, he's going to be the first one to jump at it. I I don't know what you're going to do. You know, I don't, I don't know how that's going to sway. So you we're going to see Houston. We're going to see Houston again. We're going to see them a lot. So you feel that so, it's going to create some sort of in the locker room. It's going to create oh, some issues. And for sure, with Rajon Rondo, it could have been anybody but him. Now, now you have a huge problem. You, you, I don't. In my eyes, I don't. Like I said, I don't know Rondo. I don't know him well. Have I heard some things about him? Yeah, of course. We're we're all former NBA guys, and I know his teammates. I play with Paul Pierce. I play with uh, Kendrick Perkins. You know, I I know some of those guys, and I know Eddie House. I play with him. I mean, Tony Allen. I know some things about Rondo. I don't know him, but mm, Rondo is a different breed. He's yeah. cut from a different cloth. I agree. In my opinion, I agree. He's one of the last competitors in the league to me. Rondo don't care who you are. He has. No friends in between the lines. So I'm, I'm saying that to say that you've lost trust in them. They're your second best player on your team. Because if we look back, I mean, who? I don't. No one else on that roster has won a championship or even been in those kind of wars. Right. And Rondo, it's very clear when he locks in and is engaged in the team, it's clear what he can do. Sure. See, he didn't have the trust in Sacramento. But he, Alvin Gentry earned his trust in New Orleans. And so did Holiday, which he has a very distinct character, in Anthony Davis. And we've seen what they were able to accomplish. So now, with this situation, that's, that, I don't trust you. That's, that's just my stance. And who are, in between those lines, I, not if we're on, we're on different teams. I don't care if you're my twin brother. Am I going to punch my twin brother? No, of course not. But what I'm not going to do is I'm, I'm, I'm I can't I can't trust you. You you can't you you can push him back. You can talk to him. You can stand stand it, but you can't be holding him and going all over in the corner and going to the line. No, I, I'm just for me. I'm not going to trust you. So you, in my mind, you have more mind, the issue. You had the more the issue of when he started walking away with him, had his arm I, around. I had more the issue of leaving my teammate in a circle by himself when people are holding him back. I need him to see me. I need him to, when you go into those kind of rages and we all know a situation like that has changed. We have people that are incarcerated for a split second of their life that changed their life. So I'm saying that to say, when you're in rage like that, there's a lot of red jerseys around me. I don't see no yellow jerseys, no yellow and purple, gold and purple, whatever it is. I'm colorblind, whatever the Lakers colors are. <laughs> I'm 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 in a war right now, and I don't see my colors. I see nothing but red Rockets jersey. So whomever I'm fighting, if it's green and white Celtics, you know, if it's if it's Milwaukee green, I don't know. But I have a problem if I'm in a war and I don't see my teammates because the biggest thing you know this, and you've been on good teams and you've been on bad teams. You've actually been on excellent teams. You're number one. You guys would have won a championship. 
Right. You know, uh, I think the NCAA if, if Kayan doesn't get hurt. No doubt about so, it. You know what good teams look like. You know what bad teams look like. Is LeBron made? Yeah, of course. But now with that situation, and, and I think it's always been like that to me. LeBron has always showed you what was more important to him. You know what? You know what? What? what what's on the top of his list? And it's obviously who he is and how he carries himself. But I don't trust you. It's hard for me to trust you because now we got to go to war. How many friends you got in the league? You make commercials with Kevin Durant. You know, you go on trips with Dwayne Wade. And so these are guys I got to compete against. And I, 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 I agree with a lot of things that you said. The only issue that I do have, and I, I think there's a, a unique distinction between competition between the lines where you have no friends and then fights fights like that are not between the lines that's that the beef they had was is a whole nother level i think one lebron understood that i believe lebron probably saw rondo spit in his face he knew that all right chris is about to lose it and i'm probably one of the few guys that can talk to him he also New. I don't need to talk to him right now. What's that? What I need to, I'm one of the few guys that can talk to him. One of the other few guys can be James Harden, who makes that well, commercials for him. He used to talk to him. And that's, and that's another thing I was going to say. Notice, if you go back and watch the video, James Harden stands at the free throw line and doesn't move the entire time. He doesn't go in to help anybody. He stands at the free throw line because, remember, he got fouled and he's supposed to be shooting free throws, well, he eventually goes and stands at the free throw line and doesn't move and just watches it. That, that to me, should, should be something that's addressed in the Rockets locker room. You agree with that? 100%. Okay. 1,000%. But I think, I think also LeBron is thinking, okay, president of the uh, Players Association, vice president of the Players Association, like, look, we got a lot of stuff going on. You got you to chill out. And I, 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 I do, I think you did make a great point with, you know, okay, let me hold you back, say a few things, push you back. Now let me go to my team. Um, and I'm not even moving, though. In that circle, when that fight breaks out, I'm, I'm not leaving too much further than that paint. I, I, the fight broke out around the free throw line, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, so I might put my forearm into Chris Paul chest and grab him by his rib on the other side of his, you know, if I'm, if he's to my left and I grab him with my forearm and grab him up under his left arm and push him back and hold him, which I'm pretty sure LeBron can do with one arm to Chris Paul. <laughs> no doubt. I'm going to hold him there and I'm going to be standing next to Rondo and whoever else is in the yellow and purple or whoever else is in red and I feel like they're crossing the line to where Rondo is, my other arm is addressing them. But at no point am I all the way in the corner. And, well, I'm just, I, and I can't say, and I and I don't want to say that. I don't want to say it that way. I want to take it from Rondo's point. I don't trust you. I have a, I, I don't trust you. What people don't understand, everybody talks about. I give you this little off subject, but that's why you never can find J.R. Smith no more last year. You bring your friend to come join our team, who who, who isn't better at what I do for what you need, and you start him. He takes my spot, and then he decides when he wants to not start and come off the bench. Now I'm starting, and everybody wonder where J.R. Hill was in game one. It was back in training camp when my starting spot got took. Mm-hmm. Trust. I got to build trust. You have to build trust 
Okay, so so let me take that. Let me let me play a little devil's advocate. And let's look at it from another perspective. So you think about Rondo. What Rondo did, spitting in Chris Paul's face and throwing the punches, that jeopardizes the team. Listen, the Lakers have not started off very well. They've got a tough stretch of games. They're not going to have Rondo for three games. And they're building, obviously, a lot of – they're trying to build a lot of momentum, get some things going, not just for this year, but 19, you know, 2019 – but from a standpoint, you just uh, answer the question. At, wait, hold on a second. As a leader in LeBron, you have to look at Rondo like, bro. Well, I mean, like you are you also a leader on this team. You are a what, twelve-year veteran, something like that, of this yeah. league, and you yeah. you you spitting in somebody's face like that's. I got an issue with that. So I I think there are two issues there. Do you agree with that? Not really. I don't have an issue with nothing. You, if 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 you started the fight, I when the fight's going on, I I got my issue after the fight's over with you. I don't got no issue with you in the fight. You no, that's what that's what I'm saying in the locker room. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk about that in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. In, a, in the locker you room, you can't Le- talk to me in the locker room now, LeBron. You LeBron, I'm Rondo. You can't talk to me now. You can't say nothing to me now. They might as well put me on the trade blocks. Because what you got to know about Rondo is Rondo going to war with people. Rondo is go one of the one of the last of a dying breed to me. He's the last of the, like I put on, he's the last of the Michael Jordans, the, the, the Kobe Bryants, the Jerry the Gary Paytons, the Kevin Garnett's, the, the Russell Westbrooks. He's the last of that. Mm-hmm. He don't care about nobody. He's going to compete. And Rondo is an asshole. You can tell how he plays. Mm-hmm. But I love playing with a guy like that. Okay. So to me, you 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 could you can't come over to me now. Maybe you could have came over to me if we had been in defense together. You can come over and say, "Yo, you can't do that." And you're like, "Yeah, man, I know. I was I was messing around, or I was whatever you got to say." But now you can't say nothing to me in the locker room. Okay. All right. So, so B, we're we're (laughs) we're going to disagree a little bit on that. But let's talk about the suspensions a little bit. Ingram. Got four games. Rondo got three games. Chris Paul got two. Fair? Mm, I don't know about that. I'm not at liberty to say that. Well, who should get what? I could care less about the suspensions, though. I don't care if I got five games right now. It's October. That doesn't concern me at all. Now, now but wait. If you're, if you're, I mean, if you're the Lakers, that's those suspensions hurt you. Maybe, but I don't think in the long run. I think it's the best. They may have won the battle, but I'm really worried about the war. I, I understand that, but to your point earlier, you might lose Rondo. What, for three games? That's fine. No, no. I'm talking about in general. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but I've lost him. I don't think it's you may lose him. They, they're going to have to figure that out. They've lost Rondo. I mean, LeBron, that relationship is going to be tough now. Mm-hmm. It was already tough, I think, because Rondo's not that guy. So you, not, you think they had issues in, already? Yeah, he don't fall in line, though. He needs you to earn his trust. That's what happened with him and Ray Allen, I feel like. And this is not NBA inside information or nothing like that. I think that's what Ray Allen, what he felt about Ray Allen. And then Ray Allen went to play with the Miami Heat, and not even Kevin Garnett spoke to Ray Allen when he came over. Mm-hmm. Because that was war. That's war. The, the, see, people don't understand, and then people always try to downplay this. You have to be a different type of a competitor to play at that level. Most people aren't. 
That's why most people don't make it. Obviously, there are some abilities there, you know, that have to be in place and some genetics. And, you know, we could go with all kind of terms that are, are, you know, associated with professional athletes. But even in the sport of golf or tennis where you don't have to be this huge, humongous 40-inch jumping or 400-pound lifting person, there has to be a natural competitiveness to win every time I play you and who you are. That's why people go at Kevin Durant. That's why all these old-school players go at Kevin Durant because them guys know back in those days, man, listen, it was war. Mm Mm-hmm. It was. was nobody, nobody. But now, like Stephen Jackson said, and I'm gonna keep throwing some names out there from stuff I've heard, because I ain't gonna be on this radio show alone. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Jackson said that's why guys shouldn't be working out with other guys from other teams. We may all show up to John Lucas in Houston and work out in July, but when August, September come, you, you, I mean, do Dwayne Wade and LeBron posting pics on social media off in February? That's okay. I'm not saying nothing wrong with it, but. Like, Rondo is not like that. I, I, Rondo would be down in Louisville yeah. or UK working out with some old UK players sometimes that played in the NBA, but that's really the UK thing. But it ain't going to be with nobody that is his position. I ain't seen that yet. <laughs> now, I, and listen, a lot of those guys do work out together. They're buddy-buddy they're, they're buddy outside of the regular season and the postseason. They, they'll, they'll go. What is that? Some guys are like that. I think a, I think a lot of them are like that because Russell I'm gonna tell you what Russell Westbrook ain't working out with nobody. Well, he he yeah he's on a different planet. Derrick but Rose, nobody. I, yeah. Lillard, nobody. But, but listen, listen. I think that a lot of these guys see the business opportunities now. Exactly. And, and it's fun. And they're and working together on business things. And, and I think that's why Rondo don't have any business deals because he's a competitor. He ain't think about none of that. He's feeling he make enough money. Exactly. You're right. You're com- one hundred you're one thousand percent right, Alex. A lot of guys are thinking about that. And that's what LeBron was thinking about in that moment when he grabbed Chris Paul. That's, that's exactly what I said. And and at that point Rondo became a sacrificable lamb. Yep. And fine, trade me. <laughs> All right, December thirteenth, Houston, LA. It's on again. What do you think's gonna happen? Oh, it's gonna be a war. And 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 I wanted I, I, it's gonna be a war. It's gonna be a war. And but I mean I don't know what's gonna happen. Honestly, now I I, I would have to get back to you on that because what's today? We're, what is twenty second of October? Yeah, it's gonna be know, a while. I gotta see some more primetime Lakers game. I, I, it's gonna be interesting to see. Rajon Rondo is a different breed, man. Yeah, it's a different breed. He's just not—he's not cut like that. He cut like Westbrook. He cut. Hey, listen. If if Ron, if somebody had taught Rondo while he was down in there in Louisville as a kid how to shoot the ball, we'd be talking about one of the greatest point guards to play the game of yeah. all times. Yeah. He's he's a natural kid. Rondo rebounds the ball mm-hmm. as a point guard. That's 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 competitive. That's being competitive. That's a that's war. Jason Kidd did that at six four. Yeah, LeBron does it. Rondo is tiptoeing six one, man, mm-hmm. and he can he'll get you. It ain't no we take for granted his eight nine sometimes ten rebounds. He's a competitor. He's just different. So you're right. All of those things are right. He is thinking about business deals. He and people are thinking about that. They are thinking about and no, 
Not, I tell you another person I think about that. He's quiet, but he's not like that. It's Paul George. See, I don't know. I, I don't know Paul George that well. The other guys. I don't know him at all. I met him one time when I went to see Lance at Spacers. Mm-hmm. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. There's some guys that are. They, they make. They're not. No. I want to. I want. I want to see blood. I want to compete. We're not friends. We're not cool. And that's Rondo. So, you know, they've lost him. I think this is Luke Walton and Brian Shaw, and they got a job to do with that. And that's why you are our NBA insider. <laughs> no, I, I, hey, I like it. I always I like love it. talking with you. You know, we, we, we might disagree on some things, but we, we always come to an agreement on a lot of things. And I think we're on a, we're on the same page with some things. So, uh, listen. I think it's great when things like this happen because you know what I've seen. It's been, you know, you know, there are some issues, Alex, that happen, and some things that. Certain people that take certain stances, and some of my teammates I, that I know, I'm, I've been surprised by their response to this about their brothers or about their, even though LeBron and Chris aren't brothers, but my blood or, you know. Mm-hmm. But we all know, man, we always say it all the time. And you learn that even when your cousins and friends and brothers are playing on that other side. Ain't no friends in between these lines. Mm-hmm. Holding Chris Paul back, fine. But you, and this, listen, I give you the last thing to close. If that situation was Dwayne Wade, LeBron maybe could do that with Chris Paul. He maybe could. If that was Kevin Love, if that was Ilgowskis, if that was Mo Williams, Booby Gibson, you know, Yordanis Haslam. I don't know about Chris Bosh. I don't know how strong. These are people that I feel he has a really strong. If he did that with Chris Paul, it might be okay. But right now, it's very, very early in the relationship. We're trying to build. And that, from your already your track history, already your track record, and what you did in that moment, it just kind of spells what's important and what's not. Well, it's going to be interesting, but I, I think they'll figure it out. I, th- I, think, I hope so. I think Rondo will be fine. I think they'll sit down and, and, and talk it out. Because I think, like you said, battle so. versus the war. And that's got to be LeBron and Rondo's conversation. Like, listen, this, you know, a couple games into it, this happens. But we got to think about the big picture. We got to think about the war. Getting Anthony Davis next year, <clears throat> another shooter, <clears throat> it, it's on. And then KD going to the Knicks. And then everything. KD ain't going nowhere. KD to, to the on that. Well, clear throw on that one. KD to the Knicks. Um, KD ain't going no. KD to the Knicks. That's like Oklahoma. He's scared of those kind of places. I'm telling you, man. KD. He gotta be the man. KD, he gotta be the man in New York. KD to the Knicks. Oh well, he beat and got three championships. So yes, uh, yes, can, yeah. It's time. Yeah. It's time to repair that so-called snake image. Well, okay. Well, maybe, maybe. I guess he's won three championships. Maybe it gets boring. Yep. You know? LeBron, I'm tired with LeBron because that's who he's chasing. Yep. He definitely ain't chasing all the other guys. And now, so. and now the NBA's pushing for it because now you have the two best players in the NBA in the two biggest media markets, New yes, York and L.A. So. That yep. becomes the, that's back to their global plan. Like, you know, you, you you know this better than anybody. You go overseas, you go to China, Japan, and people are wearing New York Knicks jersey like you wouldn't believe, and they've been awful. Yep. 
But that's back, back to that global plan. So now you add a guy like KD to that with Porzingis. I mean, now. and they, they be- Porzingis and Frank, the point guard. He's uh-huh. an emerging star. The point guard, Frank, the kid from France, he's emerging too. Yep. And, and- yeah, yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. You, are, you, are, you are our NBA insider. Always enjoy talking with you. We're going to get you back on. And listen, I think this, I mean, the NBA is going to be so good this year. A lot of people are saying Golden State's going to win it. This is boring. But I I disagree with that because look at college football. We know who's going to win it. Alabama's going to win it. But we still watch. We still enjoy that. When when the Bulls played, I I thought I knew Michael Jordan and the Bulls were going to win it. But it was still fun to watch. Yep. Yeah, because I thought, I thought what's the name of them might have go beat MJ before I knew what I was watching. Who? Um, the Jazz? Yeah, I thought they had the best chance. Yes. Because they had some talent and they were well coached. I totally agree with that. But to no avail. <laughs> yep, no no doubt about it. Hey, yeah. I, pre- I appreciate it. Looking forward to talk to you very soon. Okay, thanks, Alex. All right, B. Take care, bud. All right, now listen. I cannot wait for December 13th when the Rockets play the Lakers. I'm, I'm talking about get your popcorn ready. I'm going to be watching. Matter of fact, I wish I could get to Houston to be there for that game. And sometimes people look at it when things like this happen, they think it's a bad thing, but it's not necessarily a bad thing from an NBA perspective because it's people talking, it, it creates controversy viewership goes up and we know how big these tv deals are it's just like the ufc when you got khabib and mcgregor and uh, all that stuff that happened after their ufc fight well dana white's sitting back going this is great for me because everyone's talking about it that remit rematch is going to be insane everybody's going to want to see what happens so he dana white's loving that now i'm not saying the nba is is loving a fight like this but they're loving the attention that it brings and the potential ratings that will occur on December 13th. But hey, that was some great insight from, from Brandon Hunter. And listen, we don't always agree on everything, but I love, love, love his perspective. And you gotta respect someone that played not only professionally for 10 years, but played in that, that league during that time in the NBA. So lastly, I told you I wanna talk about my shoe game a little bit here. So last podcast I talked about the Air Jordan 33s were getting released, and you know what? I happen to get a pair, and I'm holding one right now. This is the uh, white, black, red, and gold version of the uh, Jordan 33. And uh, listen, I don't, I don't play basketball anymore. I don't go out and compete. I don't play any YMC rec leagues. I, I barely even shoot around anymore. And you know, that's probably crazy to believe from someone that played pretty much his whole life, played Division One runs a basketball program you probably think i play every day i don't probably haven't played in eight years but here's the thing went out and bought these new jordan 33s and one of the one of the selling points to them is the performance um, of the shoe the the lockdown system there are no laces in this it has a it has kind of a lockdown system um the traction there were just so many things that were were attractive to me to put the shoe on and go out and play a little bit. So I went and played a little one-on-one in them, and they felt great. And I highly recommend any young basketball player out there, college player, 
to give this shoe a, a test. Um, give it a test drive. I think it's a great shoe. I think it's a great performance shoe. And with so many players these days having issues with feet, ankles, knees, uh, you, need, you need a shoe that is built for performance, but also built to help prevent injuries. And I think this shoe is, is, encompasses all that. Looks good. I think it's a great looking shoe. And this to support and performance is, is excellent. So kudos to everybody at Brand Jordan, Jamal Lucas, Eric Sandy, Chad Sandy, uh, Gentry Humphrey, just everybody in the crew there at, uh, at Brand Jordan. You guys did a great job with this shoe and I highly recommend people go out there, get a pair. All right, that wraps it up for episode 21 of the No Further Comments podcast, the Basketball Insider Edition. Like I said before, we will be back with our pop culture podcast that we record at the iHeart Studios. We'll back, we're back August 20, uh, I'm sorry, October 29th for that. <clears throat> we'll be back, <coughs> excuse me, with another Basketball Insider Edition in November. I've got another special guest lined up for that one. You're going to want to make sure you tune in. We're going we're gonna to fade out, and, and usually we, we, we play some Big Daddy Kane, but this time we had to go the No Limit route. If you know this low, No Limit song, which I'm, I'm not going to say, if you know this song, you know how it kind of ties in to this podcast. I'll let you figure it out. Appreciate everyone listening.